Welcome to the Around the Cauldron podcast, your mystical water cooler where we avoid work and chat about all things magic and metaphysics. You know, the shit you can't talk about with your other friends. I'm your host, Eliza. And I'm your host, Grace. We're bi-coastal BFFs and practitioners broadcasting from Boston and LA, ready to get witchy and woo with all of you. Hello, mystically minded witchy and woo. We are back with another episode today. Uh, we are going to be talking about sigils. I'm excited about this. I am excited to talk about it because I feel like this is actually one of the forms of magic that is so freaking easy to do mm-hmm. and to add into your daily life. Yeah, this is this is one of those topics where it's like, oh, this is this is nothing. You can just have this be part of your life. All you have to do is believe it. It's free. It's free. I love free. You don't need cool shit. Yep. You you just, you just, anyway. Okay. So I digress. Grace, let's do our card poll. Okay. So I um, am using the Angels and Ancestors deck. You guys know that's one of my favorites. And the reason I picked it up for this episode is because I'll show Eliza the back of the cards, but it looks like there are sigils here on the back. And there you go. That looks like a sigil. Um, I guess I'll learn more about whether or not there it may or may not be a sigil. I, I, it probably isn't a sigil, but it looks like a sigil. So it looks like looks like a, the markings of a sigil. Mm-hmm. Um, but this deck is by Kyle Gray, and um, I thought that we would kind of maybe just ask um, which guide or ancestor we should call in for help. Over oh, next, I love that idea. Over the next few days. So instead of, you know, asking for specific information, who can you ask for as a helper? All right, Eliza, do you want to tell me when I should stop? Stop. Oh, that's kind of cool. So I've been shuff- I was shuffling the cards and usually if one doesn't jump right out, I kind of fan the cards in front of me and thus choose one that I'm drawn to. But mm-hmm. when I flipped the cards over there was one that was face up actually so it sort of like popped out in its own way Mm -hmm. but this card is sky father Ooh, it looks a little zeus like he totally looks zeus like so yeah there's like this guy here he's uh or like father time i don't know it's an old guy flowing white hair beard and then there's i think that's a bald eagle right the white yeah yep. um and there's a lot of lightning kind of showing up everywhere but the card says trust in the unknown although Ooh. um that kind of is a little problematic if we're looking for someone to help us in the next- yeah <laughs> that was literally spirit being like i don't know figure it out god i hate totally. it when that happens i swear i don't know about you guys but at least with grace and i i find spirit talks and just like I don't know, like puts us in our place a lot. <laughs> yep. So in ways that we don't necessarily want. Totally. Like sometimes when you ask a question, right, you ask for a clear answer. And maybe you like hardcore like get into it. Like you meditate, you do all your prep, like whatever. And then your guides are like, actually, you're not supposed to have that answer. And you're like, well, and you're like what the fuck, man? Well, F you very much. 
you're just simply thanks for nothing Mm -hmm. i sent eliza this meme and you guys have probably seen it before but it's a it's um was it, a, was it Victorian in style? I think it was. Like these two people sitting across from each other, two women <laughs> across from each other at a table. And then one, one um, what did it say? One woman was shuffling the cards and essentially the message was like, oh, you better reshuffle those cards because it didn't give me the answer that I wanted. I feel yeah. like that happened. All, <laughs> the card the said, time. this is all your fault, bitch, you better reshuffle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I feel like that's sort of the tone of our text message thread with each other sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much it. Like in a nutshell. Yeah. Okay. So, what does the book have to say about Skyfather here? So, trust in the unknown. The message is: trust your path is unfolding exactly as it needs to. You have a personal relationship with the Great Father, knowing that He is lovingly leading you forward. Um, and the extended message, I won't read all of it, but um, the highlights are that you are the co-creator of your life and every thought, feeling, intention, and emotion you have is creating the road ahead. The card can also appear when there are opportunities to improve the father connection in your life. Um, if your father figure is in heaven, know that his spirit is drawing close. If he is on earth, there's an opportunity to heal something, whether past or present. Um, accepting the father figure, the father, the sky father figure uh, will allow miraculous energy to come into your life. So see things from a higher perspective, like the eagle on the card. Um, so I don't know how I feel about it being the sky father bringing miraculous energy into the life. There's a feminist part yeah. of me that's like, uh, hmm, could Well, there's also like a traumatized child part of me that's like, yeah. I don't really want asthma. <laughs> so let's um, let's degender it for a second and just yeah, talk about like it, it in terms of like um, trusting in the unknown and you're relying on. You could possibly say relying on the divine masculine because yep. divine is both masculine and feminine, and we use both aspects. So maybe lean into the divine masculine mm-hmm. yep. to help you out with certain things. And, and the energy of, of doing, I think, is also mm-hmm. part of it, you know, the energy of proactively doing. And it's funny that this card came up because I was responding to a post on Facebook about um, an assumption in spirituality that, um, that if you get information from other dimensionality, that, um, that you should accept that and passively sort of submit to it, when really, like, we are in total power and control over what we want in some, you know, in some ways to be part of our life based on the decisions that we make. So Mm -hmm. to know that, um, you know, the path is unfolding exactly as it needs to, but also that um, it's okay for you to make decisions about how you want it to unfold. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. It kind of, that message conflicts with our idea of, and this is obviously very much like our school of thought, of you know complete sovereignty mm-hmm. and sovereign control over your own destiny mm-hmm. i mean granted there are always going to be things that like un- you have no control over but i don't personally believe in complete submission to anything uh me either i'm too definitely- and that might just be me being a you know punk rocker till i die fuck you can't tell me what to do person Mm-hmm. but yeah I, I I don't necessarily agree with that I think that's very you know what it 
it reminds me of. It's very reminiscent of like Christian dogma. Oh yeah. Of the like just submitting to Christ yep. kind of thing and just giving your life to God. And personally, I don't believe that's the point of life. Mm-hmm. I believe the point of life is to have your own agency and to rely on the divine to help you make good decisions and live your life the best way you can not to live for the divine. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's just more information that helps you make a decision. I think. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the 3d part of us is just one part and then other parts are energetic and our job is to put them all together. Mm-hmm. But, um, so I think the card, right. is a message about balance from my, my perspective. Um, mm-hmm. balance between acting and then trusting um, mm-hmm. and it's like the like we usually lean so much toward the intuitive which I feel like is more more feminine mm-hmm. uh, generally versus uh active which is classified as more masculine mm-hmm. so maybe less reflective and more proactive mm-hmm. yep so, you know, as we're looking for help over the next few days, weeks, or whenever you happen to listen to this episode, I kind of always think that um, you got the message when it's meant for you to trust yourself, trust, yeah. your, trust your energy of doing, and that in the balance of the universe, that things will shake out. Agreed. But I also think that this is kind of a cool card for the topic of today, which is sigils. And we talk about the energy of doing because Mm -hmm. sigils are a really great way to harness um, that balance between uh, personal, personal power and the power of the universe. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Excellent segue, Grace. I like it. (laughs) Good job. (laughs) All right. So as per usual, why don't we get into a little bit of the history of sigils? So the term sigil derives from the Latin sigillum or sigillum, if you took Latin, which I did for a semester, and that was enough for me, um, (laughs) meaning seal, though it also is believed to be derived from the Hebrew segula, which means word action or spiritual effect. Um, A sigil basically is what you think of when you think of a sigil, you think of a picture, right? So a sigil is a visual depiction of an intention. So we just keep that in mind. So it is a way of putting a spell into a picture. Okay, so kind of like a way of directing energy. Yeah, it's a way of directing energy. And it can also be a picture that you do not look at. Oh. And I will get into that later. Well, that's interesting to me because I always thought that it was something, you know, it's a visual representation that, that would be very present. that's true and it can be a visual representation in your third eye only oh cool yeah so again i will get into that later so the current use of the term is derived from renaissance magic uh which is by traditional magic of antiquity not necessarily referred to as magic then obviously because magic is a as a concept is a more modern ish term Plus, I bet our favorite um, abbess, Hildegard, would not have called uh-huh. it magic. <laughs> yes, she would not have called it magic. She definitely She's would not have. Ugh, love Hildegard. She's the best. 
maybe on Instagram I'll post like a, a post with, you know how you can add music mm-hmm. I might do a post of Hildegard and her music yes do it so folks can hear her because it's just like it gives me chills it's so beautiful anyway digressing onto our bad bitches but this would have been around her time no so she's more medieval um so the the current idea of the sigil is more renaissance so it happened a little bit after her okay um but in medieval ceremonial magic the term sigil was commonly used to refer to a quote-unquote occult which represented angels demons anything that they wanted to invoke oh my gosh i'm getting i'm getting visions of my favorite show and different things in it continue you are yes you are (laughs) absolutely there are like big sam and dean vibes in this episode oh yeah (laughs) like major sam and dean vibes if you haven't listened to all of our episodes we are big supernatural fans so just you know you're going to hear a little name dropping every now and then. So one of the most famous keys of sigil, sigils, 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 my mouth. Well, that was sort um, of like the sigil and the Latin sigillum together. Yeah. See, I was just, I was just like making a new term. Yeah, totally. I see. That it. harkens back to its original form. Um, yeah, it's very meta. Mm-hmm. anyway it's what happens when you have um you know a really intelligent brain i agree yeah you just get all of your references all at once and your mouth can't keep up yep been there yeah it's tough <laughs> I'm totally it's tough. myself on the back <laughs> it's very hard being us you guys <laughs> it's a hard life <laughs> so a particularly well-known list of sigils is the lesser key of solomon so this is Grace, have you heard of this? I think you've heard of this. So I have definitely heard of this. I also had, uh, I can't remember if I've talked about this in the podcast before, a dream um, where I was not me. I was a male and I was in a house and there was sand on the floor of the house. And I drew a spiral on the floor and I was directing people to stand in it, but I was calling it the Circle of Solomon. I later learned that that is an actual thing that exists, but it also mm-hmm. led me to um, learning about the, I think there's a greater key too, right? The greater key and the lesser key mm-hmm. and they each do their own things. Yeah. Um, but then it, uh, for everyone who's listening, I was also telling Eliza in preparation for this that I had recently watched uh, the R.L. Stein trilogy on Netflix that I was very resistant to watching for a while, but one of the main characters, and spoiler alert, like if you're going to watch that um, and you don't want any information about it, uh, just fast forward a little bit, but that one of the main characters, his name is Solomon, and he uh, is sort of the villain of the, the trilogy, and he has summoned uh, demons with this symbol on the floor. Um, mm. And so certainly it's just another media situation where there's like some legit stuff popping up in a fictionalized thing right like um solomon did have uh in his uh, worldview and his magic a way of summoning demons with symbols yep so that's how that's what i know about that's what i know about the lesser key of solomon i don't know if it's true or not yeah the lesser key of solomon uh is a 
group of 72 princes of the hierarchy of hell. Oh my, ominous. And there are symbols of each of them for the magician's, rather the magician's use. Okay. So depending on which demon you want to evoke, you use that sigil. So, so I was trying to do a little bit of a deeper dive and I know there's a lot more to learn, but like supposedly whoever created these is anonymous. And so like somebody just like came up with a bunch of like really sigils for all of the demons and all of the angels. Uh, and you know, if you uh, need their help with something, you can use these sigils to invoke them. Okay. I personally don't feel the need to ever invoke a demon for any purpose. I'm very interested in, um, maybe we'll, this would be a good thing to do an episode on in the future, like the Solomonic magic. Um, uh, I think so. Because I'm very interested in, in why one might want to. Right? Yeah. Like I kind of, so supposedly it's argued that if you use these sigils and you evoke these demons and such that you have like some measure of control over them which i feel like that's like your first mistake <laughs> like that's the beginning of horror you know like oh i'm going to use this sigil and invoke this demon and they're gonna do my bidding does that ever work does it does I it mean, ever work historically not i would <laughs> say i mean if this was a thing that worked on the reg i feel like it would be a more common thing. I don't know. I, it just, I, I'm, I'm not sold. I'm not sold. So sigils are most commonly found in Jewish mysticism and like Kabbalistic magic. Mm -hmm. uh, most of what we know as sigils and what we use is based on Kabbalistic and based on the symbols that come out of it, which is another thing that I do a deep dive on um because it's a thing i know very little about and i would love to know more mm -hmm. so stay tuned for that the use of symbols for magical or cult, like occult purposes has been common since the neolithic era we found sigils from the hindu tantra to runic magic etc all over the world similar to like when we talked about scrying a uh -huh. form of sigil usage has been in practice everywhere at some point for as long as we know. Mm -hmm. So nowadays with the more common usage of common magic and the ascent of like Wicca and those kinds of modern interpretations of magical practice. Mm -hmm. So sigils are more so focused on the subconscious as opposed to being like an active, from my understanding, earlier usages of sigils were more specific and very direct like there is a specific use for each sigil and they are used for a very specific thing and that specific thing is the only thing you use them for mm -hmm. and they're by somebody and they're passed down and it is a thing whereas in modern practice sigils are usually created by the practitioner themselves and the magic behind the symbol is less the symbol itself and more the intention behind the symbol. Okay. If that makes sense. So it's more of a focus on the subconscious as opposed to the actual physical thing. Am I explaining that well? 
Yep. So in other words, like um, maybe historically, you know, you would be, you would inherit a sigil and that's the sigil your family always uses for grain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now, exactly. and now it's sort of like, okay, I'm going to build my own sigil and um, the intention behind that sigil, uh, which is original, you mm -hmm. know, not inherited is that this year's grain will be large. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it's, it's, it's less canon and more just like personal. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's very much the practitioner's action of charging the sigil and infusing it with intention is what makes it magical versus its existence as being magical in and of itself. Mm -hmm. This way of using sigils and kind of bringing it into the modern world was popularized by Austin Osman Spare. He published a, a method by which the words of a statement of intent are reduced into abstract design. So the idea of sigils that we use now, which we'll get into like how you actually do it. So was originated by Austin Osman Spare. He was a he was an artist. He was kind of a little bit of a libertine, you know, very much um, 1800s that era, you know, very much that guy. Also, total smoke show by the way. Oh, really? I think you need to Google this guy. He's a babe. I'm he is a babe. Right Let's see. Yeah, Google him now because I was looking at him. Total smoke show. Paste and search. Yep. I think I need to build a sigil for my computer speed. <laughs> All right, let's see here. But yeah, he looks like he could... Um, He's a babe, right? He could be in some movies. Uh-huh, yeah. I was like, okay, Austin, I see you. And he's into, like, the sigils and, like, art and stuff. Yeah. I would totally there do it. a little help, but otherwise... Yeah, I mean, but you know, the time. Yeah. But yeah, I, I could have uh, gone out a few times with Austin Osman's that little digression aside. His technique is what we typically use now in like modern witchery of how we create sigils. So uh, it's creating your own through technique using, it's like, how do I say this without sounding like weird? like transforming another medium into something that is infused with intention that can be used. So this is an essential element in chaos magic. And the more I read about chaos magic, which is a thing I also want to do an episode on, mm. uh, I realized that that's what I do. Oh. <laughs> so chaos magic is basically like, you do what you can when you can, however you can <laughs> like it, it's it's less like like you don't necessarily follow very strict rules of anything it's just when you have the time the motivation and a way to do something and intention and that's it and literally that is my magic <laughs> when I have a minute when I have the tools when I want to do a thing and I figure it out and make it work so chaos magic it's the way to go I do I definitely feel that res that like that resonates with my like being like don't don't tell me what to do and when to uh -huh. do it like I do what I want when I want <laughs> yeah yeah basically like oh there's a calendar 
Oh, well, <laughs> I feel like doing it now. So I'm just going <laughs> to have the motivation now. Now. Like I try my best to be a lunar witch and to really focus on the, uh, the phases of the moon because I have so much cancer in my chart. So I do as much as I can. But for the most part, it's like, if I think I'll just do it because I know I'll probably not have the energy to do it when it's actually the appropriate time. So yeah, chaos magic. It's the way of the future, guys. The way of the future. Uh, Particularly for us zennials, I feel like this is very much a uh, a, a zennial way of practicing magic. We just do it when we can, man. We're just doing the best we can. Well, when do we have time for anything else? Like, <laughs> no, seriously. Or like brain space. So are there different kinds of, of sigils? So yes. Yeah, so there are two main signs, of, uh, two main versions of sigils. So you have pictorial sigils, which are a picture of a thing that you are trying to achieve and word sigils which seem which are pretty much the most common in terms of actual magical practice so essentially sigils are a spell sigils are a spell without all of the other shit so it's a good way of doing a spell when you don't have a lot of accoutrement with which to do spells when you don't have a lot of time when you don't have a lot of space, if you're in the broom closet, this is a great, great, great way to into the world. Yeah, I'm just thinking about like what you it's were saying. So easy. Not even having to actually have like a physical thing. Like if you could just even think about it. You know? Right. So in order to make a sigil, depending on which method you choose. So if it, I'm going to mainly focus on uh, my boy Austin's sigilization which seems to be the one that's most common these days but you can essentially just like any kind of magic spell man like you can just do it the way that makes sense for you like if you have an intention and you have an idea of how that intention looks Mm -hmm. you can draw it you can have that vision in your head but essentially it looks however you want it to look I am not that creative so the sigilization technique is really good for me So one way that you do this, and this is fairly common, is say you have an intention and the intention is, say, self-love on a piece of paper, the sentence, I love myself unconditionally, Mm -hmm. for example. So the way that you do this, according to our boy Austin, Mm -hmm. cross out all of the vowels And then you cross out any repeating letters. And so you're left with some random consonants, right? You do is you put all of those consonants together in a way that makes sense to you, that is a pictorial depiction. So it goes from being just letters to being a picture, a concentrated version of that. And you infuse that intention into this picture and so the picture itself become the spell so is it as you're um eliminating the vowels and then um arranging the consonants in the way that works for you whether that be like um kind of writing them over you know one another or or what have you Mm -hmm. are you repeating the intention to yourself the whole time is that how you infuse it that's what I would do. I mean, it's really 
we all infuse our in our practice the way we do you know everybody does it differently again woo chaos magic into it um so however whether it's repeating it to yourself whether it's loud whether it's just thinking of the feeling that you're looking to get mm -hmm. whatever way makes sense to you where you focus your subconscious on your intention so if you want to focus things a little bit more um there are other ways pictorially or charging methods to yeah to make things more powerful or, or like uh, like to sort of um like grid them into your reality mm -hmm. so adding layers to things correspondences that help charging certain sigils so this is reminding me a little bit of um candle magic yeah it's very similar actually it's funny because that's exactly what i had and sort of like choosing certain certain um you know colors that resonate with you mm -hmm. or um or elements that resonate with you and then sort of exactly. like you know interweaving these things into whatever um whatever you know in this case sigil practice you might you might be doing is that sort of similar yeah so it's definitely similar to that so and i've got a few uh examples here for that and for these correspondences so intentions that correspond with grounding, centering, nature, birth, fertility, money, career, anything that really kind of feels uh, grounding is the best <laughs> word for it. So something that really grounds you to where and invokes stability is really good to affiliate with earth. So if I were doing a, a sigil for um, like my job. Yep. I think earth would make sense for that. But also, and I'm going to complicate things because why not, I would argue because your job has a lot to do with the mental and emotional mm -hmm. and the non-physical, mm -hmm. I would say air for you. So voice, speech, communication, knowledge, information, happiness, if you want to invoke the fae, mm -hmm. air is the element that you're going to correspond with your sigil. Cool. So maybe um, also kind of like the qualities of, mm -hmm. um, you know, like I chose when I said job, right? I uh, I was almost limiting myself to what job means, and yep. like there are other qualities of the job that would benefit from additional elements. Right, and also like for like we've said before, when you do spells or when you do anything with intention, different symbology means things to different people mm -hmm. so just because you know for some people earth and home are one in the same some people might think earth and water or home and water are the same mm -hmm. if you feel more at home in the sea, like in the water on the sea you know like those kinds of things or just like what pops into your head so it's very specific to people but there are some common overarching ones it doesn't mean that if you think of it differently it's wrong Okay. So like for fire, passion, you know, strength, empowerment, success, energy, you know, anything very combustible mm -hmm. uh, is affiliated with fire. Water, fluidity, flexibility, adaptability, renewal, sometimes discussing sadness, sleep, psychic powers, because water is a con, right? Mm -hmm. uh, 
beauty, healing, those things can be associated with water. Sunlight, clarity, happiness, vision, you know, education, antidepressant beauty, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. The moonlight, dreams, astral travel, clairvoyance, prophecy, mystery, secrets, you know, very much, you know, in the moonlight. Music, music is an affiliation that can help with creativity, with emotions, you know, depending on those people where music is really emotionally evocative for you. Those are things that you can use to charge your sigil and charge your intention. And so how would you do that? So what are some methods? So you want to use fire. Oftentimes you can draw your sigil on a piece of paper and burn it. And then your intention goes out into the ether. Mm-hmm. Obviously do this safely. If you're going to burn some shit, do it in a fire safe dish. <laughs> we are not advocating that you burn it in a goddamn home. Please don't sue us. Like don't burn your paper in like um, an untreated like wood bowl or something. <laughs> or like on the carpet. On the carpet or the floor. Don't be stupid. So <laughs> just don't do stupid shit, you guys. <laughs> just please don't like you were talking about candle magic. So I often use runes, which are kind of a sigil uh, in candle magic a lot. So I will carve a rune into a candle with my intention. So you can carve your sigil into your candle when you light that. And then as it melts, there goes your intention. Uh, you can just place it close to a flame. So if, it's, if your sigil is on a piece of paper, put it close to fire and so it can absorb the heat. Uh, from the fire so a way of charging your sigil for air this is one of the coolest things that I looked at and I didn't even ever think of you can draw a sigil on wind chimes and as the wind blows through your wind chimes it charges your sigil right isn't that beautiful like I love that so much and I've been wanting to get wind chimes anyway so now I like really want wind chimes because that's amazing and it reminds me a lot of like Tibetan prayer flags yes I was just uh, like about that yeah so like you'll you hold the flag and you put your prayer into it and then the wind blows it out into yep. the world um very similar you can draw it on a kite and fly a kite you know I mean the, the people are so freaking creative I swear to god I mean there's so many cool ways that you can you can charge these things you know what I'm also thinking about like um for fire and air in particular, like at weddings, right? When people are um, yes. put it, putting those paper lanterns into the air or they're um, totally, oh my gosh, what there's, um, I don't know if this is like a legit thing or if I'm just remembering it from that show, The Path. Did you ever watch that show? Mm-mm. Okay. So it's sort of a show about the cult, but anyway, they have this uh, ceremony where they write things that they want to get rid of. And I think that I can't remember if they release them into the water, or if they release them into the air on these paper lanterns, but Mm. sort of similar just kind of oh yeah totally the same layering the air and the fire together right I mean essentially this is every other kind of magic that you do just either words or just your mind Mm. (laughs) and it's a way of just doing it with a symbol some of the coolest are the water ones so get this so you can draw your sigil onto something and dissolve it in water Mm -hmm. And draw it on a rock or something non-soluble and place it in a stream or running water. 
draw it with something food safe on a tea bag, put it in your tea, and you can drink it cool. with moon water if you're really sassy. Oh, wow. Right? You can put it on yourself and then take a shower and let it wash away. Uh, you can draw it in chalk on the sidewalk and let it rinse away in the I actually know of a few people that will take lotion in the morning when they're getting ready and draw on themselves in lotion. Oh, cool. So it just kind of like seeps in and nobody sees it. So it's perfect for like, if you're in the broom closet and you just need a little something extra that day, you just put it, you know. I am going to build a sigil for anti-aging and <gasps> write it on my face. Holy shit, you are such a genius. We totally. Oh my God, that's so smart. I'm totally going to do that too. We're skincare junkies, and that's the first thing that came to mind. Oh my God, that's so smart. That's so smart. We I love it. I that. love it. I love it so much. Or you could even use like an essential oil, or something. you could use like jojoba yeah. and put it on under your like. Oh, that's so genius. Oh, we have to. We you know what we have to do like those uh we have to do those like clinical uh before and after photos. Oh my god, totally. <laughs> this is what a skincare anti-aging sigil can do for you. It's like it's like Benjamin Button all of a sudden we're like children. <laughs> be amazing. Earth. You can something biodegradable and bury it. You can use your crystals. You can make a crystal grid in the shape of your sigil. That seems really complicated, but if you want to do it, you can do it. Grace has enough crystals. I bet she could do it. <laughs> you can draw it with a stick in the sand and let it just kind of dissipate. You can very obviously, you can your sigil in the moonlight, in the sunlight, depending on what you need. If you are dying for some self-confidence and you need some happiness and you're feeling like shit, Write your sigil on a piece of paper and put it in the sun. Mm. And charge it by the sun and the sun's rays will help infuse that intention. Cool. And then, of course, there's always the very typical way that we witches do everything is with directing your own personal energy and intention. If you just draw your sigil and you think about it and you focus on it and you meditate with it, that charges it as well. I mean, the, the options are limitless, truly. I mean, there are so many things that you can do to charge that make sense to you. There are so many options. There are some that suggest doing some sex oh. close to or around or with a sigil drawn on you is a way of charging. That seems like um, it would be a really fun and badass way to charge yeah. a sigil. Granted, if you're like looking for peace and tranquility, perhaps not the method. Yes. But you know, you do you. Everybody has their own way. Maybe charge it, charge the sigil with the post sex energy. That would yes. be yes, there we go. I think. Like the afterglow. Yeah. Um, here are some other really cool ways that you can charge your sigils that I think are really neat. So I've done this with runes before. If you're like baking you can draw with a little toothpick into your dough or whatever or even like if you have like a soup or something just use your utensil and kind of like draw your sigil into your food mm -hmm. 
And so infusing your food with love or protection or whatever, you know, you might be trying to do. Mm -hmm. um, this is the thing I do usually with when I'm stirring things or anything, put some intention. Um, but this is also a really cool way to add a little something extra. Yeah. A really cool thing that I never thought of. Uh, carve your sigil into a bar of soap. Huh. That you use. Clever, right? So clever. People guys, are so guys clever. I am going to be the youngest looking you are going to... in the world. Oh my God. Seriously. I'm going to use, use my anti-aging sigil soap now. Seriously. Absolutely. And so now that you said that, I'm going to do the same shit. We are going to be so guys. <laughs> you don't even know. You don't even know. The world is ready. It's not. It's really not. Watch out, guys. So that's mostly what I got on sigils. So I really recommend if you want to start using sigil magic, I would do some research because there's a bunch of different ways of creating sigils. So like I said, uh, the way is to do the thing where you write out your sentence of your intention, cross out the vowels, cross out repeating letters, and then make that into a symbol. You can draw a picture. There are a bunch of different like charts you find online where there's like numerical correspondences with letters and things. And then you can just draw like a design based on, you know, these little guides. Mm -hmm. um, there's so many different ways of doing it. So uh, if just writing out the sentence and doing that, situation doesn't make sense for you or if it doesn't resonate I would go and do some research or literally if you have an idea of how you want to draw it just do it yep so you know there are conflicting views whether sigils have to be personal or whether you can share them I think that's up to the person that creates the sigil mm -hmm. you can share it with the world or you can keep it to yourself um, it's just like any kind of spell in my opinion uh, if you want to share it, then you can share it. And if you don't, it's yours. And there are ways to make sure it just stays yours. Awesome. Well, I certainly am going to be taking some action on this episode for myself. Me too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, you can, of course, always write sigils by your doorframe or wash them into your windows with some moon water. So there's that. So guys, we were hoping actually to put a call out to you for some suggestions. We're thinking about integrating some guests into the show and wondering from you if there are any people that you'd like to hear from. Um, so if you want to, uh, we'll put this post on Instagram too, so you can reply there. But if you want to send us an email, a Facebook message, we'd love to hear from you. Um, definitely don't be shy. So we're looking forward to hearing from you. And thanks again for hanging out with us at the Cauldron Cooler. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for avoiding muggle life with us at the Cauldron Cooler. If you like our magical banter, please leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify or whatever newfangled podcast platform the kids use these days. And tell your friends to give us a listen, real or imaginary. If you have any feedback, questions, or just want to say hi, you can email us at aroundthecauldronpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at around underscore the underscore cauldron and like our page on Facebook. I'm sure we'll do more social media things once we get the hang of all this nonsense. <laughs>